Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 112. Wow. We've got Chris and Brian. And today, uh, we, we recently had a conversation over chicken wings and chicken sandwiches. Yep. Uh, about a Charlie Beckwith quote, um, Colonel Charlie Beckwith, and it goes something along the lines of, I'd rather go down the river with seven studs than a than a hundred shitheads. Yeah, guys, there's a the, this is this, the the conversation around this was a, a little bit of a you know a group of guys sitting around talking about paying your dues, doing the work, etc. Um, no, nobody sitting at that table, I think, is probably under the age of what thirty five. Maybe. 38. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So uh, we got a, you know, a group of guys who, who are definitely outside of the realm of, you know, tier one. Um, we got some guys in that group sitting around that table that are pretty skilled dudes, but I would still say most of us headed toward peer one more than tier one. Um, uh, it, the, the, the conversation was around the idea of putting the time in. Um, and, and the conversation also had a little bit to do, I think, that same night with we, we talked to some of the guys around. We talk a lot about clothing. I'm an old dude. I don't like being uncomfortable. Um, I've worked on a dairy farm as a kid growing up, and you had to milk the cows, whether it was 10 degrees or whether it was 110 degrees. It didn't matter. So I've, I've been forced or been in a situation where the work had to get done. It really didn't matter what the conditions were. You sucked it up and drove on. Um, have I ever been a Navy SEAL sitting on sitting in three feet of surf uh, on the beach in Coronado in 50-some degree weather, just thinking how nice it would be to hear that bell ring because I because I tapped out. Nope, uh, never been in that situation, never been through RASP, never been through Ranger School, never been through Q. Uh, I went through Air Force basic training, which is really, really close to like Cancun um, during spring break. Uh, it's maybe a little bit harder because you run a little further. Um, depending on how good looking they are, you might run further in Cancun. So, um, so that, you know, it wasn't so much about, you know, we need to be doing our, you know, doing a Murph workout every day and blah, blah, blah. It was just more about putting in the time. Having said that, a conversation had come up around, you know, we're pretty comfortable with our gear. We're pretty comfortable with the weather equipment and stuff like that. But that's one of the reasons we talk about it is because we're not kids. When I was a kid, I was fairly impervious to cold. I can remember many a day deer hunting in a set of non-insulated Carhartt bibs with literally the old school waffle cotton long johns and a hoodie, a sweatshirt hoodie and a ball cap sitting in a deer stand in pretty daggone cold weather as a teenager because cold just didn't bother me then. Um, so we segue to now where there's really good gear, there's Gore-Tex, there's things like that. All that stuff didn't really exist back then. And, and we so a little bit centers around comfort gear, but it also... The conversation is also about getting out there and doing it. This is not, those of you listening who weren't there in the tribe, this is not about picking on you guys about not being there. It's just a conversation around in general. Everybody's normally there. The guys within the tribe are pretty consistent about showing up and putting the work in and, and paying their dues. This same group of guys, the majority of them, uh, spends time working out on a regular basis. Um, and that work, those workouts may be at home with kettlebells like you do. Um, it may be... Dude, all the hours you're putting in at the freaking climbing gym, that's crazy stuff. That's difficult stuff and technical stuff. Um, we've got a couple other guys, you know, who are in the gym lifting heavy weights and stuff like yeah. that on a regular basis. Uh, had a conversation with one of our guys here locally just yesterday around maybe backing off of the powerlifting for a while and cycling more through the calisthenics, the conditioning and body weight stuff. But, but there's a common conversation around the idea of putting the time in and doing the work. 
Um, you know, so if you're not freaking Jocko Willink or, or Pat Mack or, or some other absolute beast stud who's retired from doing whatever it was they did and, you know, and the young guys in those in that world might look at those dudes as a little bit long in the tooth, but I would say they're still exceedingly dangerous individuals, oh, yeah. right? So, so it, it's not a conversation around you need to be, you know, a a twenty two year old stud. It's just more around putting the time in and making sure you're maintaining, um, maintaining somewhat of an edge. Make make sure you're sharpening the saw on a regular basis. So if it's time to cut, it's time to cut. And that's I think that was what the conversation was about. And it was pretty interesting because um, we got some guys who do some neat stuff. So, but we're going to talk just a little bit about the things you can be doing from a you know around your tribe, around yourself, making yourself a better member of your tribe, maybe a little bit. Um, things we kind of preach on on a regular basis, but then also talking to the guys within your tribe and seeing what they're doing because the team aspect of it helps too. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> This is free form, so fair warning. This is not not that we're not pinballing around a lot of the time anyway, but this one's a little more free form. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to lead off. Yeah, I was just going to add one yeah, thing too. Please, yeah. Uh, you know, this is somewhat, you know, to some degree, you know, the, the seven studs you go down <clears throat> the river with are the guys you choose to be, guys or girls that you choose to take with you. Yep. Um, you know, and yeah. If you know, or if about, you're lucky, they choose you. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, Charlie Beckwith. Uh, little history there it was one of the commanders for McVie SOG in Vietnam um, went on to found um, the special operational detachment Delta for the United States Army um, did did a lot of stuff back in the day um, when they had to figure out how to do all of the things yeah yeah I mean they they created well and there's an argument that the SAS um, maybe beat them to HRT stuff, hostage rescue stuff, um, in effect, and and there are some some glaring similarities between SAS and Delta. They're, and they picked a model that worked. Absolutely, in in weapons choices and tactics and things of that nature. Um, and if you go into like you know the SEALs with like Team Six and their HRT version of that, uh, very very different organization, very very different structurally, very very different um, across the board, weapons choices and, and to some extent even tactics. Different, um, whole different mentality too with yeah, the selection yes, process. Yes, um, where that stuff came from. Yeah, I, I don't think you could find two different people between Marchenko and Beckwith. Absolutely, and and it's interesting how the cross pollination even from there has gone way beyond that whole conversation. So yeah, um, yeah. So a little bit of history on Beckwith. You know, like Brian said, interesting dude. He wrote. Um, he's written at least two books, and I can't think of the title of either one. But if you search. Colonel Beckwith or Charlie Beckwith, um, you'll it, the, even the books written. There are a number of books written about him as well. Um, really, really interesting stuff, and and really like Brian said, you know these guys, they didn't, they didn't exactly pave the trail. Um, you know, like I said, the SAS was maybe a little bit ahead of them with that, um, but they but they sure as hell improved it, and sure as hell made it a lot wider and a lot easier for people to follow in that regard. So, uh, inter interesting, interesting history there for sure. Um, so read up on that if you haven't. Um, the tribe aspect of this, Brian and I both put time in, the guys in our tribe put time in outside of the range and then outside of work, depending on what their work is. And some of the guys have serious jobs and some of the guys don't. Um, the reality check is just about everybody pays dues on a regular basis. 
Um, sometimes we talk about choosing your tribe. Who are the people you want to get squared away, etc. Sometimes you get chosen. Um, about 10 years ago, I moved into a new neighborhood and I got sucked into a tribe. Um, and it was just kind of curious timing. I'd come out of an office job when I got out of the military. I was like, ah, I'm never running again because I hated running. It hurt. It hurt my knees. Um, I, you know, hurt my hip. It hurt my ankles. And like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, went into a series of office jobs, put on some weight and stuff like that, and then got out of that world and and went and helped build a shooting range and training facility and found myself probably a solid 30 pounds or 40 pounds overweight and, and was sitting there talking to one of my neighbors and a group of my neighbors all work out together. They had a tribe. I got invited into a tribe um, that, that probably allowed me to get back some strength and mobility that I don't know I would have recovered ever if I hadn't been invited into that environment. So, so I, have, I have a couple of different tribes that I am incredibly thankful for. Um, and, and in this tribe, in, in, the, in the gym tribe, the flow tribe, um, I'm probably closer to the back end of that seven and the front end of the hundred shitheads than I am to the leader of the tribe. Because there are some dudes in that tribe um, that are guys like Wolfie that are just absolute freaking animals. They are literally Wolfie and West and some guys that are just when you use they're the, just wired differently. they are, they are, they're made differently there. And, and when you use the term unstoppable, there is, there's, there's a mentality there that's, it, it's legit. They don't, you know, West jokes around, there's no kill switch on awesome. Um, there are a couple dudes that are, that were former D one athletes that, you know, that wrestled in college and stuff like that. And, and so Scott and, and, and the Driscoll's, um, and the Driscoll's are the, the women included. Uh, they're, they're just, they're animals. They're just wired different. And they're, it's really, really a blessing to go to the gym and work out with people who won't quit because you don't want to quit around people who won't quit versus going to work out with people who are willing to go, ah, this is too hard. I want to go do something else. Um, those people don't accomplish things like people who don't quit. And beyond the don't quit aspect of a one-time endeavor, they're the people who show up every single day and put the work in. And it's just, it's impressive to watch and it's impressive to be invited into that group of people and at some point not be at the top of the game and still not have them go, dude, you just don't quite fit here. You need to move on. I don't know why they put up with me, <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. So tribe choosing you and then moving forward into the group of guys that we all shoot together. Most of us work out. Most of us are, are, are even if we're not, you know, triathletes and stuff like that. We're all pretty good athletes who try and maintain an ability to move and do work, um, as well as shoot and those yeah. other things too. So choosing that tribe, that started 15, 16 years ago out of Big Darby Creek when we started doing some of the two-gun matches and stuff like that. And and the group of folks has evolved and changed a little bit here and there. Uh, there are a few folks that have been pretty static the whole ride through. Um, and you pick up new people. People's lives change. They move. Um, you know, we lost one of our good guys to North Carolina. Um, you know, having Greg move out of that group was kind of a bummer. Uh, we lost a really, really, really good shooter who chose to pursue USPSA competition shooting at a fairly high level a couple years back and, and stepped out and, of course, went after that and did phenomenally well with that. Um, you know, so uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you, lose, you lose good, you lose bad. It's just the way the game's played. But it's been pretty consistent having people show up and do the work, um, both at the range and elsewhere. So those tribes, in the, I mean, there's, there's some studs in there, too. Um, and, and, and not any shitheads. So I kind of dig that very yeah. fortunate in that regard. And I'd say, you know, definitely on the, the, the shooting end of things, uh, looking back at, you know, what we thought were things that were hard, yeah. you know, five, 10 years ago yeah. um, now are considered routine and yeah. warm up drills. Yes. And I'm guessing 
the gym is probably the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there are things that when I got involved with it that I looked at and just thought, that's ridiculous. Why would anybody even try and do that? Um, and, and now I find myself, you know, using those as, as warmups or, or as a workout on a regular basis rather than something that's kind of a rare beast. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff to, to look around you. What I, I don't know who, I don't know who to attribute the quote to. Um, but there's a quote that's something to the effect of you are basically an aggregate of the five people closest to you. So choose them wisely. Um, and, and I will say that's, that's an attitude thing as much as anything else. It's cap raw capabilities, actual physical capabilities may be very different, but if you surround yourself with five other people who want to cry and who don't want to achieve and want to lament the situation they found themselves in, um, you know, when, when the reality is, you know, good luck is the residue of hard work. And if you hang around with people who are serious about doing work and, and find, find joy pleasure, satiation, whatever you want to call it, in actually doing work, not necessarily chasing a goal per se, because even once those folks hit that goal, they just find another goal. The goals, the, the journey is, yeah. the work and the journey is the goal. Um, you know, you just put the milepost in as goals and keep moving. So the next milepost. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if that's very motivational, but um, for me, the two groups keep me going in, 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 in very similar ways but definitely keep me going. And in an, in an interesting way, those groups have merged to some extent as well, which is really freaking cool. Really freaking cool. So Yeah, I'd say we're, we're blessed with you know, the opportunities to do this stuff as an, call it an avocation. Um, yeah. you know, nobody's paying us to go work out. Nobody's paying us to go to the range. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's maybe one of the differences between you know, our mentality uh, versus a lot of, especially on the law enforcement side. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're the people in your tribe, you know, are, you know, lament the fact that they have to PT or lament the fact that they have to go to the range or have to dry fire, uh, you might want to try to find a new tribe within your tribe. Yeah. Um, you know, or realize that, you know, Hey, these, maybe these people aren't, this isn't who I want, you know, watch my back when I go down river. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and if you're, you know, like Brian's pointing out, if you're a if you're a serious if you're a professional, um, you know, at arms, you know, or or just take this stuff seriously, yeah. If if the group of folks you're around are, are asking, you know, hey, are we going to get home get to go home early today because it's a training day, or um, you know, or hey, are we going to have to do you know, am I going to have to use someone else's ammo and go shoot, but do things I'm not very good at, so I'll be embarrassed in front of my peers. Um, rather than, hey, here's an opportunity to use, use someone else's ammo and go be better, go learn things and be better, um, you know, look around and, and figure out who you want to be running with and who you want to be having those kind of conversations with. Um, because if you look again at that aggregate of those five people close to you, um, I, I would much rather I would much rather be the guy who chases down five people that are better than me and try to try like hell to keep up with them and be as good or better than them um, than than the other. Uh, curiously enough, these, these concepts are not new concepts. If you listen to like, uh, Pat Max coaching, um, site, if you listen to, you know, uh, the podcast from Jocko and some of these dudes, and, and I wish I, I wish I had more drive time to listen to more of this stuff. Cause the little bit I'm catching just makes me want to listen to more. It's just finding the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but, the, but there's, there's a consistency of, you know, <laughs> Lexus ad, relentless pursuit of excellence, you know, that kind of mentality, relentless pursuit of perfection, whatever. It's not the perfection aspect, but it is definitely excellence. 
trying to achieve it, trying to chase it. So, um, yeah, for sure. Interesting, like I said, that that conversation came up and kind of spawned some other conversations around it, for sure. So, um, I, I'm seeing more, with the ammo crunch right now, it's hard, but I'm seeing more people get together and try and find ways to do things involving defensive situations, whether that's, uh, I've talked to a couple of guys here recently that have chosen to join BJJ gyms and stuff like that. They're choosing to go out and do some martial arts kind of stuff. Um, if you've never actually done martial arts, but you're a gun guy, you're really cheating yourself because firearms are a martial art. And if you've not worked through some of the fundamental things around martial arts, like foot movement, balance, strength, grappling, uh, striking, and things of that nature, that having that in your toolbox might lead to a situation where you don't actually need the gun. Um, you should probably be doing that. And now's probably a really great time to find that tribe too. Um, I yeah, will tell you. Or just to, to jump in there real quick. Yeah. Um, gives you the opportunity to either retain your gun yeah. Or it gives you space to get the gun into the fight. Or take someone else's. Yeah. Quite, I mean, just to be, you know, blunt about it, you know, yeah. Um, and like I said, I think that the guys I know right now, and I, I would, I would again, you know, work in the hours that I do and the craziness that we live through right now, especially um, the folks that I know have gotten back into martial arts or have gotten into martial arts for the first time. Um, it, there's a lot of concerns about, you know, I'm an old dude. I don't want to go into a gym and get jacked up, you know, and get hurt because, you know, some of this stuff's a little rough, whatever. Um, if you find the right place um, getting into BJJ, and I think of like um, Triumph is one of the names that comes up on a regular basis where I've got guys that are my age that are in their 40s and 50s that have gotten back into it or started to get into BJJ and did it there, and they, they onboard very, very well. And a lot of the guys there are very conscientious about the fact that a lot of the folks going there, they're professionals. They have jobs to do. They can't be banged up and hurt, but it doesn't mean they don't want to learn. Um, you know, so they, they kind of have that, you know, that tap early, tap off and get the reps in mentality. So, um, you know, never been there personally, but that's one of the places that consistently comes up as a great place to train. So maybe that's something worth looking into. Um, but, you know, getting out there and it's, and again, all those guys also speak to that tribe. They speak to a group of guys that, you know, you get up and go at five o'clock in the morning to go do whatever it is you're going to do. And that's generally people who get out of bed at four 30 or five in the morning to go do work. Um, are <laughs> not always, but almost always piss excellence. Kind of hard not to. Hang, time yeah. In the you know, people who get up in the morning and get that, and that is a Jocko thing. Again, that's, that's that whole, Oh, I got to find the motivation Horseshit. You need to be disciplined and do the damn work. Um, you know, and we have that conversation occasionally I have that conversation with my kids, you know, every once in a while it's like, oh, I'm just not motivated to do X, Y, or Z Horseshit. You need to find the discipline to go do it. If you're trying to achieve a goal, you know what the work is. Because that's how we live life is we choose a goal, we identify the behaviors and the practices and the work that get us to that goal, and then we do that work every day. And if it's actually a goal, we do that work first every day, and then we do other things. And so, you know, finding that group of people who get up at 4.35, 5.30 in the morning to go work out before they go to work um, are generally people who achieve things in life. And that's probably a good group of folks. The other group of folks that does that are the folks that do their entire freaking day, and then they find time in the evening when they're exhausted, when it's freaking cold out, when it's dark out, when it's raining out, when it's blowing 20 miles an hour sideways to go drill and do practice and do the things they want to do to achieve those goals too. So either way, front end, back end, don't care, do the work. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, and, you know, when Chris talks about doing the work, you know, it's, it's one thing to do a massive amount of work on a single given day and not be able to do anything for the rest of the week. Uh-huh. Versus doing, you know, a, call it a reasonable amount or a manageable amount 
you know, five out of seven days for the week. Yep. And ultimately, you know, over the course of the week, the month, and then the year, yeah. you know, achieving much more than you ever thought possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's an, that's an excellent point. Um, the, every once in a while I find myself getting into something I haven't gotten into in a while and overdoing it. And, and quite honestly, the, what's the Pat Mac, uh, what motion motion is lotion is that that's just saying um you know and and the interesting part about that is if, if you do find yourself in over your head um you know finish it and go on and learn from what's too much and what's not um i spent yesterday in a lot of pain uh from the previous day uh thanks driscoll um and so you know in a lot of pain from the previous day and just just overloading something and not really thinking about what the volume of actual work but you got up the next day and did some stuff around the house with the medicine ball and with the kettlebell and stuff like that to get loosened back up. Um, but yeah, trying to do, going and taking a two day defensive firearms class, especially something that's very athletic vehicle work, um, you know, different things where you're moving around a lot, something that's maybe an ECQC kind of class. If you haven't paid your dues going into that class, it's going to be very difficult. I'm not saying it's a reason to not do it. Um, but Doing a little bit of work every day will serve you a whole lot better. Uh, dry fire is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we we talked to a number of law enforcement guys who literally every day before they, you know, part of their part of their press check for going on the job is is as they're jocking up, you know, get the weapon out, clear it, find someplace safe, clear it, and do you know half a dozen to ten presentations from the holster, not a hundred, not a thousand at one time, but literally every single day doing five to ten presentations before you start off on the job and go do your thing. Um, that's a phenomenal way to start your day and the guy who does you know 50 presentations on a random day once a week is way behind the guy who does you know 50 solid presentations um every single day you know when you look at the end of the week there's a 40 percent increase in work yeah so you know take, take that to heart too so absolutely um you know the work thing guys it, it's there's a lot of different things that we look into whether it's your professional career um you know whether it's your life and faith um, you know, are you putting the work in there, whether it's your, your, you know, your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your kids, are you putting the work in there? Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, some of us want to be good at because we're already kind of good at them. Um, and there's maybe a lot more manuals out there to read about shooting than there are about maintaining a great relationship with, you know, your spouse or your kids. Um, which is actually not true. There's plenty of books on that too. If you want to find them, I just don't know who to send you to. Um, you know, and then, like I said, that, that relationship within your religion, within your beliefs, within your God or whatever that may be too. Um, there's some pretty good manuals out there too. Most of them have been in print for a thousand years or more. So dig those up and maybe chase some of that down as well. This is not all about the gun or all about beating somebody up or not getting beaten up. It's about being the best you, you can be. And uh, again, I, I, I don't know why I'm full of Pat Mac quotes today, but, but can, you know, can tomorrow's, can tomorrow's you kick today's use ass? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so look at it from that mentality. Um, there's a lot of dudes out there who do, and they're, they're freaking fun as hell to hang out with. So find a group of them and do it. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? That, that sums up pretty good. All right. I'll end it with uh, motivations, bullshit, disciplines, everything. So chase it down, do the yeah. work. There we go. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us preach. Appreciate it. Uh, as we come across more things such as this, uh, we try to post them on social media. Uh, we're still at Facebook and Instagram um, until they kick us off. Uh, you can just search for Cap City Outfitters and find us there. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will happily add you to the newsletter list. 
Uh, please visit us in the store. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're just in front of the Aldi's, directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Wow. Uh, we're running 10 to 5, <laughs> Tuesday through Saturday, uh, trying to keep it to a reasonable number of customers in the store at a given time so we can social distance and whatnot and keep Mini Mike happy. Yeah. Uh, and then on our website, you can find valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront on silencershop.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon.